Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. We had a week off, so Joe Cole and I were just really excited to get together and talk about the Bible, talk about what God has been teaching us. And in this episode, what we come to talk about is the difference between personal obsession, personal desires, callings from God, giftings from God, and the spiritual gifts. So every so often we like to do an episode where we just get to talk and we exercise the muscle of having gospel-centered conversations that are fluent and natural and are constantly being referred and rooted back in the scripture. So that is what we did tonight. We had a lot of fun. They're my favorite types of episodes where we get to just talk and and learn from each other and just dig into what we're currently studying as individuals and see how that meets uh, as you fold the page. So thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, and favorite this podcast. This one was a big growth experience for me, and I was able to immediately apply it to my life, which is my favorite kind of conversation and my favorite kind of Bible study. So have a great week. We'll be praying for you, and thank you for listening. So what is the difference between an obsession and a calling? You said that was a, uh, oh, you, can put your mic, you can put your mic up and then answer that question. <laughs> oh my God. Are we, are we going? I don't, yeah. I don't know. I said it and it sounded good, but I don't really. I wrote like, it down you, as like You a, just said good idea for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think the, the only difference is what, who, who wills it and who wants it. Mm. I don't know. Like it, it, you can be obsessed with something, but it might not be a calling because what happens like, for example, I, should, I still, should I still use the example that we're going no. off of? Okay. All right, let me just switch it then. Um, let's say I started learning drums and I became obsessed with it. Well, my calling doesn't make me a worship leader. Mm. Like, I, you can't really lead it from the drums. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But, like, it, I don't... Do you feel like you could be called, though, to be a drummer in a worship team? I, yeah, I see. I I think we should do a whole episode based on like callings. Callings, yep. Because yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't think you're called to be a drummer. Mm. That's not a that's not a thing. Like like you don't see that anywhere biblically. No. And and you do. There are worship leaders per se, even though worship was different back then. There are people. <laughs> someone had to blow the shofar. So, yeah, you know, like like yeah. there are people who like. But callings are specific, and it's for like discipleship and pastoral roles and 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 the gospel going forth and going out. I think that there's specific callings for to use the spiritual gifts. Like the, I think there's specific callings for those. Like you said, teaching and exhorting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I also think that there's just a calling to be useful for the kingdom. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. Like that's what that Shia, Shia LaBeouf said in that interview was was like his whole goal in life now is to be useful. And I thought that was right. actually super profound because he's saying in, ma- in my in my uh, marriage I want to be useful and as a father I want to be useful. That's his goal. Like to the end and him having you know a faith background that makes a little bit of sense when you're talking about your calling so like you have a just you specifically have a gift that god has given you to be proficient at drums you can be useful and offer that back to god correct not necessarily calling but it's a a response to the the gifts that god has given correct does that make sense yes so like when you lift your holy hands up 
you lift your holy hands up because God made your hands holy, and you give them back to him what he gave right, to you. Right, right, right. So it's the same idea for most things that are outside of those callings are just you being a servant, you being useful. Right. And me, I would not be useful as the lead singer of a band. Because, uh, right, I see what you're saying. Because then it's just because, like, what's a calling and what's, like, you're just acting for God? You're, you're just you're just a, a servant for God. Yeah. Like, Stephen, Stephen went from waiting tables yeah. to preaching and it's like was he called to was he called to be a preacher well clearly not because god killed him in one sermon yeah but he was called to preach that time mm-hmm. like he was just serving wherever his wherever he needed like so it's like i don't you know um because then it's like was he called to die was he called to be a boy well, was called to be, you know but you know what i'm saying like was like he was a martyr quick so mm-hmm. some things are just you, you're being a servant yeah i agree in looking at again, because the only all I'm reading right now is Joseph. Like in all the studies I've gone through, every pastor in the world is teaching on Joseph right now. It's yeah. wild. Really? Yeah, FAC is going through one right now. Uh, and I don't even know his name, but he's bald and he's doing an excellent job. And looking at the call, I know Old Testament calling is different because the Holy Spirit indwelled for a specific purpose for a spe- like a specific amount of time. Mm-hmm. But like Joseph, he was called to be a prophet. He interpreted the dreams. And then he was brought to like immense power through all these trials. And then what I thought was most interesting about the end of it was, or well, the end of his story arc was that it wasn't long after. It's not like he was brought to the top and then he handed the baton off to somebody else. And then he was, the the Jews were leading mm-hmm. Israel, uh, mm-hmm. Egypt forever. It was like, he, he had his calling, he fulfilled his thing and then he was done. And then it was, now all your people are in slavery. Yeah, now what? It was yeah. a very quick mm-hmm. switch yeah. to where even though he had a calling and it seemed as though he was setting up this like kind of legacy mm-hmm. and a, a giant kind of family, which the family was called to, to produce Christ, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the, the Messiah. So you have Judah and everything. But as a whole, I would think Joseph would be the one that would produce, Yeah, but he wasn't. And mm-hmm. so he's up there and he creates this whole giant legacy and then it disappears instantly. Mm-hmm. So his calling was to build this giant, I don't know. I just it was interesting. Was, you, you would think uh, it's re- to, to, to build the people. Well, yeah, to build the people group, kind build of build the people group and strengthen them and get them to a point where the numbers were high enough so yeah. that they could give birth in private. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and at, that's towards the end of Genesis. Joseph acknowledges it that, that this is why I went through what I went through. God used me to save my family. Mm. And he said, I think he says that when he meets his brothers at that time when he reveals himself to them. Like I was called. I went through. What you meant, I think he even says it, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. I mm-hmm. specifically went through all this mm-hmm. just to save you now, mm-hmm. which yeah. is wild to think about. And like you said, it doesn't mean security later on in life. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be great. It just means you were saved from the famine at that moment. Yeah, you were called out. You were useful. Mm-hmm. Now it's done. Like, you can be discarded when now your go calling be a, is done. Yeah, but yeah, now go be a servant <laughs> elsewhere, and it's not going to be written about. You know, it's <laughs> like oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the 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 biggest piece I get when talking about people who have passed on that I've loved is the idea that they were no longer useful mm. to God. Like that to me, that brings <laughs> immense peace. Where it's they were used, they were used, they were used, and then their usefulness was out. And it's not any slight to them. It's just God was done using them. They fulfilled their purpose, and mm-hmm. and you see that time and time again throughout the scriptures. It's tough or to say that, or God's there's purpose in their death. God's using their death for something. Yeah. Yes, but their life isn't useful right, right, as useful yeah, anymore yeah. for whatever circumstance. 
that's easy to say when your dad's 68, but when your kid's five, right? that line would be a lot less accommodating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard to get Come past on. the fact that he owns our life. He literally paid for them. And so the fact that we use like the, I, even in the back of my head, we're saying their life is not useful anymore. It sounds harsh, but at the same time, it's that up is... to God to will whatever he wants to do with our lives. He bought us at a price, his son's life, and paid in full right. for that. And like Paul said, it's, it's always hard on the people behind, like yeah, people left behind, but whoever's going is now with Jesus and... You know, we're supposed to rejoice in that. Yeah, yeah. It's that Chris Thomas song, like you and I were made to worship. If that's what we're made for, mm-hmm. I know it's also a scripture, I was, but I was gonna say you know I, don't, I don't know that song. I'm looking. Really? I'm like going through the catalogs of Chris Tomlin. I don't. I don't know. That I would one. sing it, but I don't want to spare but, Sean Hour in the car. So what? <laughs> he's like 48. Episodes. Remember, I said it's not my calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, his grandkids will be listening to do it. Well, yeah. What do you uh, think? <laughs> They're, me- they're referencing Meemaw, or they're going to call <laughs> Peepaw, what are they called? What? Um, I don't know. No, but yeah, but like, I kind of, it's like, there's really one, I haven't fully thought this out yet, but there's like one. Welcome to Encounter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you start recording. I just said something, you start recording. Um, there, There's really like one calling, because like, I was thinking of Joseph, and like, Joseph's just continuing the original calling to Abraham, yeah, where, like he's calling the, he, he's making the people group. That's like let's not get too far in these weeds, but he's making the people group that was the original calling and promise to Abraham. Then it gets mm-hmm. weeded out, and everyone has a different service in that large calling. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Does that make any sense, or did I? Yeah, it's, it's like there's this. I mean, it's the same thing today, that God has a kingdom, that his, yeah. he, he wants his good news, the gospel brought out, and some people make coffee for that. Some people preach the good news. Some people teach kids, you know, like some people just make nice meals so people can come over and eat right. at their house. Like um, all of the callings I, and service all work together to like, I, the body I of just, Christ. Correct. And I just feel like um, people use calling a lot when it's really just a strong desire. Because when you look biblically, especially in the New Testament, a calling was actually awful. And all the prophets, like, yeah. it, their calling was awful. Keep going. Keep like, talking. You don't ask, you don't ask for that. Um, so, you know, I don't, it, just, it just seems like people have a hard time distinguishing between, like, what you really want to do. And a and a calling. And I'm not Just, saying don't. Do, I'm not saying don't do that. Yeah. I'm saying do that. But a, a a calling is like it's no matter what you want or desire, it's going to happen because it's that clear and evident in your in your life. And so, does this align at all with what we were talking about the other night with like the uh, our our desire should be to love God and love others, and out of the outflow of that, because because we talk about like wanting to do God's will, it should be furthering the kingdom. That's the outflow of that. You loving God yes. and other people is you using God's gifts, talents, and abilities in you to further the kingdom, to encourage, to build up, to teach, like all those kinds of things right. around the ultimate goal of spreading Christ's love. Yeah, correct. Does I would make sense. I would okay. agree with that, yeah. Just, right. I thought it kind of connected into, into that. So th- this is a this is a book called Lectures to My Students. It's a complete and unabridged version of Charles Spurgeon's letters to his college students who were in um, school to serve in ministry, mm-hmm. most likely pastoral. And you, do you mind if I just kind of work no, so we can talk yeah. about the, yeah. the main points? Where, these are how he identifies a call. 
So let's just say we're sitting here and all of us feel like we're called to serve in full-time ministry, whether it be pastor, youth pastor, youth director, whatever it's going to be called. Um, the first one is the first sign of a heavenly calling is an intense, all-absorbing desire for the work. The desire must be a thoughtful one. It should not be out of sudden impulse attended by anxious consideration. It should be an outgrowth of our heart at its best moments. So it should be an all-consuming desire, and it should be founded in our best moments. The, okay. Does that mean like when you're at your lowest or worst, you don't want to do it? Or, or Meaning some- like at your at your where you're the most joy you could possibly have. Like you're when everything falls into place and you are overwhelmed by joy, and you're like, that is the one thing that I want to continue to do. Like the best moments of your life. Okay. If those are within that line of ministry, then yes. I'm just curious how you experience that without doing the ministry itself. How would you know you're called to do it? Whether you do it, does well, that make sense? Uh, my, like for example, for me, um, my I found the most joy in my life are during baptisms when I'm taking part or watching. Okay. Literally, I don't, I can't think of an example. Weddings, funerals, for some reason, I can't not cry at a baptism, mm-hmm. especially when there's like young kids getting baptized. And like we used to go to Camp Palawasa and I would uh, like help baptize for a couple of years. It was like that was the highlight of my year. Mm-hmm. And it was like, if I could think of one thing I'd want to do for the rest of my life, it'd be dunking kids, you know what I mean? In a, in a crappy lake with goose poop in my toes, you know? Um, I think it's just the most intentional. And all the, the things that you, that all the things that you like, you know, hopefully, and hopefully Christ is in the center of a marriage and a wedding, but it can take the back seat. Yeah. It can get like, there's nothing else. It's very intentional with baptism. Like I'm doing this as a public announcement of my faith in Christ. Like, so there's nothing else getting in the way mm. because I feel the same way. If you listed all those three, like those are like the, I like, I like bad things. Bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Second one. This one is, I guess this is a lot more just about pastors than I realized, but just see what you think about it anyway. Uh, in second place, combined with earnest desire to become a pastor, there must be an aptness to teach in some measure or other of qualities needed for the office of a public instructor. So there must be an aptness to teach and some measure of qualities needed for the office of public instructor. So there needs to be an ability. Yeah. Is that, uh, he, I mean, he uses in other terms um, that God had, did not call the fat dunk, fat tongues to teach. So, I mean, he's very plainly saying like, if you, have a, if you are unable to speak well, then you can't teach. Not... In terms of, like, you stutter and something you can work through. But if you can't organize your thoughts, if you have a literal... I mean, he... I, and some of these are, are rough for me. Like to go, he's talking about a head pastor of a church. But he says, if you, have a, if you have a speech impediment, if you have a fat tongue, I mean, that's literally he's talking about a disability there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's... this Again, this is 19th century or 20th century rhetoric. But, um, yeah. So, I don't know what you guys think about that. I would agree, generally... Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, the difference between Moses being called um, mm-hmm. and because, I don't know, we might, like, dog on him about, like, he said, look, I, I don't know how to speak or whatever, and God could have given him the ability, or that's why he called him, so that way nobody could give it the glory to Moses for, for saying anything or for doing anything, but at the same time, God then gave him Aaron. So I don't know how that works. Like, 
there is no like what if Moses didn't say that in, mm. in that scenario. So right, because that kind of counter, it kind of counter. I mean, I guess it kind of counteracts the idea where it's like we boast in our weakness mm-hmm. and like you know Jesus picking people. I think you were talking about this the other day, Adam. Like people, Jesus picking people that it was it made God's providence and sovereignty obvious because they were so incompetent and inept like well he uses the uh weak to right what's the word uh right what is the rest of that verse he uses the weak to confound the the strong strong yeah so so it kind of goes against that sentiment but but i do agree yeah because there's this whole because i was actually thinking about this today when i was listening to that sermon from the fac um, was I hear this often and I'm not sure it's biblical. Like God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. Like that's the the I hear that all the time. Yeah, it's a Christianese. It's Christianese. But I'm not sure if that's always the case. Like it's not that the person has zero ability and has made only bad decisions up to this point and like and then they get a calling and all of a sudden they have all this fortitude. Like Daniel I'm sorry, Daniel, Joseph was known already to be an upright person. Job was already known to be an upright person. Daniel, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, even even Daniel, Daniel, yeah. Um, Yeah. They already had their crap together, uh, you know, and and they're already, uh, what they needed, what Joseph needed was a dream and the ability to interpret. He was equipped with the ability to interpret dreams. Daniel, same deal. Um, And you see when they're called, they're given the Holy Spirit supernatural gift in complement to their lives often. You know, it's not a detriment to be following the Lord well. Right. And, which I think is I what think, it well, is. Now I think we're conflating character and skill. Like, hmm. David had a good character, but he was just a shepherd. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? His character was there, and he was a hard worker, and he was in the field. But he was just a shepherd, mm-hmm. which is why he was the last one picked. You know, and then this is God looks, on the, God looks at the heart, not at the outward, you know. So. She's still up. Yeah. yeah. So, um. Pray for my wife. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. So, um, and then what do you think? Does it, what, what do you think about what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And then in relation to Mark 13, 11, where he says, And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, the Holy Spirit, as we see Peter in Acts when he gives his first sermon, only highlights the Old Testament, right? The Holy Spirit yeah. produces new, um, like it writes scripture. However, most of the New Testament is just reorganizing Old Testament scripture, right? Like when Peter writes his, he's like, see this, this, and this, this is the history of the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have the Holy Spirit and it goes forward. So in that, <laughs> I believe that in the same way today, the Holy Spirit brings those things to mind because you've done the dirty work to actually know the Old Testament. So even in that, there was due diligence ahead of time. It, do you think it was supernatural words imputed into the brain, or it was the Holy Spirit enabling them to bubble to the surface all the scriptures? That oh no, I think they knew all the scriptures. I think yeah. they had all the scriptures, right? So that's well, the difference. Well, correct. And I, I was just curious because to me, I think he was. A lot of people say this all the time, like, "Don't worry about we're going to say the Holy Spirit to give you the words." Quoting this verse, and I'm like, "Nah, that's he was saying he was written to them. He was saying that to them, yeah. and he was just specifically talking about when they're beaten and they're and they're getting arrested and they're going to be on trial, which is when you hear." Peter talk and confront like um so I, I think 
But a lot of people use that verse for that. And I'm like, no, like you got to – I've seen people not prepare who have the Holy Spirit in them and it did not help. So, yeah. so you know, yeah. so it's like uh, that, you know, so I – yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think I kind of made that answer up, but I stand by what I said now. The, I, the idea of them – of they if they had never heard the Bible, never studied to seek themselves to prove up to that point and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit's telling you to speak, like you're not going to have much to say. Right. So – in that specific instance, that actually supports the equipped and then called because they had to know the word of God in order for the Holy Spirit to enable them. Right, yes. They're equipped by this, the studying of the word. Well, correct, right. Knowing it. Whether that's cultural or not. Like, well, I was going to say, it's, yeah, probably just because it's cultural, but that doesn't matter. It's still, still equipped. They've built, there was a culture that knew the word. Yeah. That, that's props to them, you know? Yeah. Um, but... But I do understand the idea that, you know, when God calls you towards a ministry and you're like, I don't think I'm worthy of this, that's when the equipping comes from God. Correct. And that's if when it's the a, hard if, you're, work if it's comes an identity in. issue. Yes. Not a, not a skill or capability issue. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's an important distinction. Um, all right, number three. Okay, good. Yeah, we're done with that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I didn't read the next one. Hold on. In order to approve a man's call, after a little exercise of the gifts, such as I've already spoken of, he must see a measure of conversion work going on under his efforts. So that's a little bit of James, like fruit of the yeah. of the work. So there needs to be fruit and literally conversion work. So if, if there's a pastor and people are not coming to know Christ for the first time, um, I don't know how regularly he would define that. The, if, just out of, this is Spurgeon you're writing? Yeah. Just out of curiosity, I mean, I'm sure because of Spurgeon, like, does he, is, does he have Bible verses to to back this, any of these statements up? Yeah. Okay. I was in, just curious. In the book? Yeah. You don't have to go through them. And- yeah. He, um, I mean, Jeremiah 21 is what he goes through from there. Because I think, well, you're, it, I don't think he's wrong, but I think he's, he could also be arguing from like absence. Of, like, is there an example of someone preaching where there wasn't somebody saved? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, Yeah. Okay, now this one's interesting. It is a needful. It is needful as a proof of your vocation that your preaching should be acceptable to the people of God. So, generally, your gifts should be recognized by the people around you. Generally, which I think is there's a couple things I remember thinking when I first read this. And for some reason, all my heart has been. What is it? Is this what is this? Letters to my students. Lectures to his students. Lectures to my yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. So, all right. So let's just say. You've been trying for like six months, and you 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 started a pop up church, and like you're, you're you've been preaching for like six months. What is that? Twenty four Sundays, and people are just the people that like right. Is that right? Six months. Six months times 26. four. Yeah, twenty four plus fifty two weeks. Okay, half of that would be. Oh, true. You went. You went the. You went that. I, went the other way. I just multiply yeah. by four. Yeah. You're, you're for sorry. sure right. Whenever we talk about dates or times, he's always right. Just default. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Default to Percio. Okay. Um, Wait, how does that make sense? Because there's like there's more an, days than four weeks yeah. in most months. Oh, right, 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 right. Some right. months have five weeks yeah. in them. All right. So as I just say, you're doing all that. You you have like people that are loyal to you that you started the church with and whatever, and, and they're staying, but you could just tell that it's the general people are not being fed. They're not, like, it's just not generally well accepted. Or, or say you are running a church and you have like a, a worship leader being called up. You can just tell that the... I don't know. There's like a vibe or you can, that's, I understand that. Like you look out and most of the people are like, don't, aren't learning from, aren't learning from your teaching style or something like that. 
not just a preference, but what I what I have a hard time with when I first read this was, okay, so what if you have like a young kid who's trying to learn the worship team, all right? And he wants to play drums or something, right? And he's not good yet. And like you put him up there after a, a, like training with him and everything. And he's just not as good as you, Joe, right? And well, we toss him up and like generally everybody's like, oh, this kid's on again that wants to. I mean, I understand. Like, well, I think you got to practice like prudence and like that's what other services are for. Mm-hmm. And I, you know. I mean, if you're talking about, if you're talking about he's, this person's not good enough to be on a, uh, he's distracting on a Sunday. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Um, but if he's just working to like, well, I would, I would hope the congregation had a little bit more grace, but then also it's like, well, that's what other services are for. And, yeah, you know, or even just coming and practicing with the team on that Sunday, but somebody else drum, you know, like, yeah. and, and, and getting better until it's not a distraction anymore. And that's what I, that's what kind of conclusion I came to uh, to work through is is that congregation if they know what the deal is they should just be empathetic enough to know. Like, yeah, I, well, a lot, here's the thing: a lot of I've noticed this recently. Like a lot of things that we talk about is is so much just based on a, a mature and this the, you know a, a pastor or, or church leadership team would have to like shift in 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 the errors, but like a mature congregation versus a weak congregation. Yeah, and if like if 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 you have somebody that's not distracting. But is still learning. I would hope that your congregation has the grace to accept that. Yeah, to see that. I understand the distracting one, where it's like you, you got to do something. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to see the fruit and the fact that they're they have a willing heart to serve and try to use and cultivate. Right. Right. Like a a, a talent. Right. And that comes a lot with transparency with the congregation. They would have to know the person. They'd but, have yeah, to yeah. know the intention behind of what they're doing. But that just comes with, yeah, openness. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy to s- just break you some prudence, training, like mm-hmm. that. When I started playing at uh, the railroad track church, it was like I had to sit in Wednesday and Sunday morning services. I didn't have to, but I chose to, and play without being plugged in for like months. And then I was just doing that for fun, and then it, it happened. They had an opening, and then they played to my weaknesses, and I only knew three chords, so we played songs with those three chords. Like there's there's a way around it. Yeah. I, where and everybody kind of knew me right. and knew right. I was trying, and when I made a mistake, it was not that big a deal. But when you're talking about, there needs to be. That's also we're dabbling in. Is it a gift or a calling at that point? Your gift calling service, because we're saying now playing guitar is a calling. You know. When, right, and, and and those things like I I don't necessarily think they are yeah i don't either i you know what i mean i think um i i don't know i'm curious now i'm gonna go like research this but like any i don't know like any calling that i could think of in the new testament was either like the call like you're saying like the callings that we know that were gifts like the office of prophecy or um or suffering was literally just one and i pull up this one here this is when this is uh acts nine but the they're talking about paul but the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And like that was a calling, and Paul later recalls this and how he was called to suffer for Christ's sake. And um, I don't know, like the prophets that were called, and uh, it was not well for them. Yeah, whenever we talk about the prophets, I, I go back to my stupid analogy in my brain, but I literally think about like the Hunger Games lottery. It's like you are, you lose if you win. Yes. And you speak for the people 
like you go out and you have not it's this breaks down really quickly but you're not fighting in an arena with 13 other districts but yeah the idea of like you getting picked in my child brain i would think you know you get to be a prophet like i get a book written about i get to write a book in the bible like, yeah, yeah. and i get all this cool stuff and it's like mm -hmm. no you get to live in you know poverty and then be hated by everybody and then speak the truth you know constantly to deaf ears and then die alone yeah i would say the three most pivotal people in the bible didn't write books Jesus. One. I don't know. I wasn't. Maybe right. not the three most pivotal, but they're up there. Top third. Jesus top is definitely five. top one. Yep. Abraham? You got the first one. Abraham. Okay. It's not Moses. I would say Moses. He wrote a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I, got I mean, he'd be up there, but he obviously, but he wrote a bunch. So. Mm. I can't think of it right now. Jonah. Most pivotal? Oh, you're saying if Jonah didn't write it. He, he didn't write Yeah. I would say Adam. I was oh. going to say Adam, but I, I was like, that's that a little... Adam, Abraham, and then, and I don't know. And you Jesus. know, so... But yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. You're... you're... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, calling... Yeah, well, well, we can sort that out. You know, our listeners are really excited that we decided to sort it out after we're done talking <laughs> about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have this, this whole, like... Talk about not preparing. <laughs> yeah. Preamble. And we're like, oh, we'll figure that out later. <laughs> yeah. We went rogue, because we did, we did prepare. Yeah. We're just not talking about it. Yeah, we're not talking about that yet. <laughs> so one uh, – all right, so let's just talk about my thing. Um, okay. So <laughs> – Let's so, go on more unprepared, uncharted so territory. I found – so I've been uh, listening to a bunch of different sermons that dealing with Joseph and, and working through how to bring Jesus out of four different parts in that. So like I'm teaching at a camp where there's four different messages and they're basically over three days. And I, I don't want to leave any of them without Christ being mentioned, the gospel being pulled out. So that's been my challenge is like, okay, so we're looking at Joseph when he was 17 and he gets sold into slavery. Where's Jesus there? You know what? So the one I just found in the, f in my fourth section is one I'm most excited about. So, you know, when, when Joseph puts the cup in the bag of his brothers and they, they, they go away and then they come back, um, the per, I was following the, the character arc of Judah. So I don't think yeah. Joseph's that interesting. I think the brothers are interesting. Like, I, I think... Yeah, if you were doing, like, a drama, like, a play. Like, yeah, but we don't really get a, an insight into his brain ever. We only know the motivations of the, of well, the brothers. It's, it's a very, it's, well, I know we always compare these two, but it's the same thing as Daniel. Like, Daniel's really not that interesting, but you know a lot about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I think, I think that's the, the point of this, though, is, is especially for him, is that we only know those characters by their actions. We don't ever get their thoughts. Yes. When it literally tells us, the brothers were standing around and they decided to make more money out. So you get greed, you get malice, you get yeah. intent, you get violence, you get all these like negative things. And then you get to see their character shift later when Judah was the one who thought, hey, maybe we should sell him. And then Judah is the one later saying, hey, I'm gonna offer myself so that he can, so that my brothers, my brothers can live, please. my father yeah. can be happy. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and then you see Jesus coming from the line of Judah. So we have this like example of, of Judah um, deciding, and the, this may be a stretch, but Judah deciding to lay down his life for the sake of the father. Like the part that hit me the most in this whole thing that Pastor actually taught on too was the idea that the dad was suffering for all this time. So after they sold Joseph into slavery, the, the, the kids are carrying the burden of knowing that their dad is probably still mourning and never the same. Like you lose a kid, you're never the same. Mm -hmm. Their dad changed and they have to hold on to this thing for that long. Um, and so they know that if they turn around and say, hey, Benjamin's dead too, like they know that their dad will die. Mm 
Like they just, that's what he says. So when he turns and, and makes the decision to lay down his life so that his father's will can be accomplished, I know it's a stretch to say it's like Jesus and the father, but um, it is interesting that Judah does learn the lesson in a roundabout way that true sacrifice and service of God and the father, his father, comes from offering your own life for the sake of another. Um, and it is interesting that even though that cycle happens, it shows us why Jesus is the perfect example of mm -hmm. each of those because he doesn't have to go through a learning mm -hmm. curve. Right, right, right. Um, I was I, I hear so often that Jesus is uh, Joseph is the the archetype or the type for Jesus, and I see a couple loose connections for that. Not that strong though. Like the one I, I was like, okay, there's like there's pretty no more than any other character in the Old Testament that was what, well, yeah. But the brothers taught me more about the coming Christ than Joseph did. Just as a side note. For specifically for Judah, what gets me is the fact that he pre laid down his life. When he's talking to his father, like it, it's already made up in his mind that he's not coming back without Benjamin. And he's like, I'm I'm willing to like I'll die first before he doesn't come back. So he's already like made up his mind and it's not that the situation happens and he's all of a sudden he's like, you know what, let me He's recounting a promise and a motive that he had made before they even left. He mm -hmm. like um, what's the word for that? Yeah, he like purposed in his heart. That's the word. the The idea of um, he was willing to lay down his life for mm -hmm. the sake of the father before any events transpired. Something could have been way worse, and but at the same time, he had purposed in his heart that that was going to happen. That Benjamin was going to come back, and he was going to stay there. If worse came to worse, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and what I never fully understood, and what the pastor from FAC his his the way he like worded it was was cool, and just ignore me if this is real basic theology, but like Joseph created the exact same situation for his brothers the second time around that they did the first time when they failed and sold him. So when so when when they they. Um, Joseph was getting favored. He was getting the gift of prophecy, in which meant he was going to have authority. They decided to sell him. Then Joseph puts the cup of, what's the cup called? Cup of prophecy, basically, is what it means, um, into the saddlebag. And as they're going away, he puts it in Benjamin's bag. So as they're leaving, they find it there. The brothers are in the same situation they were with Joseph when he was a kid. They have oh, a brother. Okay. They yeah. have a brother who's sitting there who's now has it looks like he was trying to steal the favor from God and the gift of prophecy and I forget the div dividends or whatever it's called. Um the cup, yeah. The cup. Yeah. So he would then have authority over them. So it looks like all over again that and so the test was to see if they would fall into the same sin the from the first time. I never made that connection. That no, there was like a cyclical that thing that he put the cup in there because he wanted to see if they would and when they decide to turn themselves over as a whole and saying, We'll take the fall and instead of throwing Benjamin under the bus as the only other alive living son, you know, of of Jacob, that's when he hugs Benjamin. You know, that's when he's just like, you guys have changed. I see your character arc. Right. And there's so much in there about forgiveness and love and how like, um, and I love the line he uses where um, forgiveness has to be guaranteed when you're a Christian, but transparency and trust is never a guarantee for other people. Yeah, so, we talked about, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. vulnerability, right. someone has to earn. You know, like as Joseph, like even just something small, he's an example of where when he has to go and wash his face because he cries, like when he sees them and he starts crying, like he was wearing like all this Egyptian makeup at that point. So right. 
it was very vulnerable for everybody to see him without it. So him walking away and like putting it back on was you haven't earned to see me without my makeup on. You haven't, which I thought was like really powerful. I don't know. Like you have to, you have to fight for this vulnerability. Um, so there's so much, so much in there that I'd never heard before, you know, it's and and hearing so many, well, three different people preach through it. They all have a hundred percent different takes on it. Mm -hmm. Not conflicting, but to the gospels. Like same message, but very different flavors. Yeah, it's because you're looking at the the character arcs of like twelve to thirteen, yeah, like people. Yeah. So it's like it could be you could zone in on one, you know. Yeah. And they all have like you said, like archetypical aspects to them. Yeah, I'm trying to work in because the the third night is the second night is the gospel message night. I'm trying to work in the prodigal son into that that same message basically that I gave before but worked into like I don't know there's got there's to jump to a full-fledged like gospel message it's hard to get to from like that part of of Genesis where where I'm going to be it's like when Potiphar's wife you know so uh the idea of of the prodigal sons though like there's there's a lot to work with there about salvation and then also relating that back to Joseph well, yeah, I mean, if you look and... at, yeah, exactly. It is kind of pretty much that story. Yeah. So you said it's going to be hard to do that? No, it's going to be easy to do with the prodigal son. Right, right, right. But without right, right. it, it's like Potiphar's wife. He didn't sleep with her. Yeah. Jesus died for you, you know, and so uh, 30 minutes, it's a lot to go through. Yeah. Yeah, so the prodigal son, how would, so the older brother is all the brothers? Yes. And Daniel is like, the Joseph. product, yeah. Don't mix them up when you're. Dang it. Yeah. Well, the problem tonight was I was typing notes and, and listening. It was kept on typing Daniel instead of. Daniel. <laughs> um, a good amount of change of years between. Them. Yeah, yeah, and they're very different people. <laughs> All right, Joe. Oh well, God. I'm like I'm closing this. Okay, I can't close it. I stop recording. What is? All right, it's a Thursday night, right? Candles are lit. Candles your favorite so comedy perfect. specials on. Okay. All right. Your favorite. What is your food of choice? I found out what that question was me, as you did. <laughs> <laughs> Started that sentence and then didn't have a um like ultimate meal. Like you're doing that and then afterwards your head's getting lopped off. What? All right, oh, your so last, last meal. meal. Oh, okay. It's like a nice vibe. You're watching your favorite Netflix special. What's your old, what, all right, give me a three course? Oh man, I like, actually like just an appetizer, about, a meal, and a dessert. I actually just talked about this, but I got to choose a different one because you guys, it, it, the references, I got it. Um, oh, you're not smart enough to understand. Yeah, that's hurtful. No, oh, not okay. geographically. Is it like Israeli food or something? No, it's a specific restaurant. I was talking about this for somebody. A specific restaurant no. in the Philippines, but that so give it's not gonna, food. that won't land here. It was chicken and rice, but specifically with calamansit juice and and soy sauce mixed into the rice. Dude, that's that what I was gonna say. Good. Was that what you were gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> calamansite juice. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! All over, oh. all over my apricots. Whatever he said. Ah. Uh, but anyway, I'll pick a one that I'll, I'll pick one that lands home more. <laughs> so Calamansite, that sounds like something you put on like drywall or something. <laughs> uh, let me get something that lands. Um, well, let me, I'll say the first thing that popped in my head when you said that. It says more about us than what you with what you say because you think it'll land with us. Yeah. 
Like if you're like KFC or whatever, it's good. Well, I just know that. You, <laughs> I no, don't know that. I means. actually looked it up, and there's not a single restaurant of that in here in America. I was going to go to one. I don't care if it was like New York City. Dude, or I said Calum inside of Mariachi. <laughs> no, even if you go to like Filipino markets, they they don't have it. It's not. It's too much. Nah. The important like it's an thing. It's really? just grown in. Yeah, it's just it's just not. Where they, they, they just replace it with limes. Where do they farm gotcha. calamansite? <laughs> is it is it close to lime? Is it like a more sweet lime? Like is oh, it, it's lime? It's like a lime. It's like a, it's like if you mix the lime and a lemon together. Uh, that's pr- so lemon lime. I thought they were pretty much the same thing. Anyway, no, <laughs> no, lemons yeah. are like more like tart. It, like, it would, yeah, but it would they're, be like- they're, they're as similar as Joseph and Daniel. <laughs> so there's a decent amount in common there still. I guess. <laughs> Not enough to mix up. <laughs> as similar I mean, as, as Abraham and Moses. Uh, <laughs> like a if, if a recipe calls for a lemon, if you use a lime, it's going to taste. It's going to taste really? very different. Okay. Taste very different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if I put a lime in your mouth and you're blindfolded, you would know exactly what it was. Okay, I'll trust you. So, what's the difference? You don't. I feel like you should I don't, have to trust I've never me. You've tasted never... a lime. I don't think I've ever like put a lime in my mouth. It's always like in things. You always put it over like food, I or guess, you put but... it in a water. Yeah, but if it's in those things, it's not like bitter. Like, a, but if I give you a, okay, let me say if I give you if I if I give you a lime lozenger, would oh, you? Can you say okay, that ten, but I also times? think that like you wouldn't know the difference between that and a lime. But I also one? think like blueberry berry tastes nothing like, like like blueberry flavoring tastes nothing like blueberry. So I don't know if I can okay. Base what it I'm off saying it. is like there's like water ice. Yeah, if you ordered a lemon water ice I've, and it came out lime, you would be like, "What is this? this is not what I was expecting?" Because it'd be green, <laughs> it, and the taste would be completely different. I don't. Really, I wouldn't know. I've never had a lime. I always thought they were the same. Yeah, we're. Are we getting a lime? I'm bringing a lime. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's crazy. Are they sweet? I thought they no, were like no, they're I thought sour. They were, I thought no. they were sour, just like they're, a lemon. But it's not as sour, it's, and it's not as like it's not as strong. So that's, like, so we're. You're, but I'm confused. But sour like, isn't a taste with calamansite. Sour is a cessation with calamansite. <laughs> like we're looking at sour <laughs> and a little now. more sour, and in between, that's the special fruit. That's why I'm like, yeah, re- no, it's not. You're taking like two different flavors. Okay, both being. Sour sensations. <laughs> it's like you're, you're. It's like you're calling spicy a flavor. Spicy's not a flavor. I thought sour was a. Was a... No, sour's a, like spicy. It's a sensation. Okay. And they both have different flavors. Got it. Of sour. Now we're making sense. And then you put them together, and it's a better flavor of sour. So you said it with yeah. You said it went land, and you were right. <laughs> I should remember twenty minutes ago. I was like, let me just pick something else. <laughs> No, I like. I being, read the I, room. And- I like being explained to. That's that's nice. That's we know we mo we know more. We mow more and we know more. And you mow more and know more now. Yeah. yeah. So calamansi. They're also it's also smaller. So like limes are usually smaller. So it's smaller than a lime. Like lemons are usually like fairly. It's literally big, the like- size of a marble. Oh, like that yeah. small. Yeah. That's you got awesome. you got to get like five or six to, to like a cup of rice. You got to put like five on there. Mm. And you're so it's not just sour. You're mixing it with soy sauce, and the combination of that and soy sauce. Out of this world. Yeah. Could you do lime, lemon, and that? I've tried. And, like, tried I've and- tried to replace it, and it doesn't. You can't really. Mm. Um, you can get close, but mixing both lime and lemon. Can you Amazon calamansite? Can you order that? <laughs> uh, can you do that? Can you order food? Yeah, they have Amazon yeah. groceries. Mm-hmm. I'll get back. Talk to Cole. All right. I'll get back so, to oh, okay. Well, uh, Cole, what is your ideal? Uh, I think it's going to fly over your head. I don't think you're going to like oh, it. Oh, my so gosh. Why is everybody thinking I'm holding a trailer? No, I'm uh, Tell me I, about food. I'm gonna work backwards just because I know the dessert that I would have. Okay. Um, cannolis, but specifically Joe's mom's cannolis. Like Dude, very specific. <laughs> you going at him right now? Yeah. No, they're 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 something else. I feel like you meant something by that. I'm just uh, I did. Yeah. 
All right. I'm going to show you this, and because it's not the scale of like a size, you're going to be like, yeah, it just looks like a lime. But they even look like yellow and green combined. Okay. But they're small. Okay. I, I, I believe. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. But I, just, I also want you to look at the spelling so you can – so it makes sense in your brain more. Oh, they're only oh, – Calamansi, not sight. Huh? Calamansi. 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 So, that sounds right. <laughs> um, all right. So we know what you're – I didn't even answer the question. Yeah, I, guess I know. It would be, what, China, what would be your normal like Chinese food. <laughs> what's your um, – Which is also chicken and rice. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's your post-Chinese – you don't like dessert that much, but would it be Joe's mom's cannolis? Or are you going to say cold mom's cannolis? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, see, I can't. If I had Chinese, I cannot have something like that afterwards. I can't have like a, a, something that filling. I'd have to do like chocolate covered strawberries. Okay. Mm. Something where you could have like three or four. Mm. I can't eat a whole cannoli after that. All right. And enjoy it. Do you have a? Is your egg roll like your appetizer? I most of the time I can't even eat the egg roll. Yeah. But you're about but to you get usually your head save it. Off. Like you don't have to worry about your belly aching. That's after, true. You know what um, I mean? And you usually eat that later. So if it was first, you probably would be able to finish it. If you ate the egg roll, and then, yeah. All right, so, so what's yours? Well, you didn't answer yours first. No, you well, just said Joe's mom's gonna leave. I was working my way backwards, and hopefully, you would have forgotten. Okay, gotcha. So no, you just uh, like a nice medium rare ribeye, hmm. like a, a steak dinner, potatoes and broccoli, or any kind of size really doesn't matter. I don't care. Ribeye's the the main course. So, and then I don't know about appetizer. I don't, Trying to think. Oh, a, a, an app. Like, yeah, that's that's what you're saying. Spring. That's what I said. Spring roll. Yeah. Oh. So, I'm gonna mix a couple things for mine. So I want like, um, and it's very specific to the Amish market, but I want like Amish market donuts for the dessert. Oh, those are so good. With like the cream in the middle, and I want a dozen. And these are things I can't have, so that's what I want. Mm. I want, um. The pretzel dogs and the cheesesteak roll things from the Amish market. So any type okay. of cheesesteak because I haven't had one in three years. I haven't eaten and yet and I'm starving and this isn't helping. Um, <laughs> but also in that same meal, if possible, as a separate entree is a uh, Italian sub because I haven't had one in three and a half years. Mm. Um, and for my appetizer, I just want a block of cheese. Because you haven't had one in? Yeah. No, like I, I want like... Just, that, just that the cheddar. actual wheel. The actual Sh wheel. And you yeah, I want, I want like the cheesecake looking... <laughs> Sliver, like from from uh, from like the cat cartoon things. Gotcha. What was that? No. Did you make a noise? Did I? Yeah, I thought you did. Oh, uh, oh that was your nose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's mine. Okay. You have to say you're still. Yeah, appetizer. I, I don't know. I'm trying to. Think. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? Oh, no what? reason. Wait, why no, your sock mops? What are they called? <laughs> <laughs> what are they, what are they called? Foot mops. Foot mops. Oh, my God. I want our listeners to I feel like to we need Alice down here for the second half of this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we need our listeners to take a guess at what foot mops are. <laughs> yeah, sound off in the comments. <laughs> yeah, in the comments. It's getting lit in there. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. So, yeah. um, we're done right with that? Yeah. Sure. Probably shouldn't have done it anyway, so we're good being done. Cole hasn't um, given us anything, but I said ribeye and the. Uh, oh yeah, you did. Uh, Was the uh, cannolis? I, that's what I'm trying to think of. I don't know. Yeah. I don't eat a lot of appetizers. Oh, I, th so. I thought a new one. I yeah. want. I want to scratch the block of cheese. You got a lot of things. I, well, I want a blooming onion. What is that? 
from Chili's. Uh, Texas Roadhouse? Uh, uh, Texas Roadhouse. Or Chili's. I think it's, they both have. You ever see a Blooming Onion? It's like an onion with, that's all fried and you dip it in the, the sauce. I don't like onions. Oh, okay. You like, like it I mean, I don't, I don't mind them all, but like, not like that. Not to order a good. I don't want onion. It's amazing. Oh, speaking of which, sorry, that just reminded me. Texas Roadhouse uh, dinner rolls. I could eat like a hundred mm. of those. Are they sweet? They are. They, yeah. And they have like a little butter that's like cinnamon something yeah. in it. Oh, so good. All right. Oh, that completed it. Why are you sweating? Because now I want to eat <laughs> at whatever 9.30 at night. I want to eat. I saw this, what made me think of that question today is I saw this meme that was, if you're having your church potluck dinner or whatever, what would Jesus bring? Oh, he's oh, bringing hummus. Yeah, I was going to say, just hummus and uh, pita. pita. <laughs> and he's going to break it and it's going to feed everybody. Um, or fish. Manna. That wouldn't be special. He gave it to all the Israelites. This is a potluck. Oh, special at a potluck? Yeah, probably like another roasted red pepper hummus. Red pepper, like uh, sabre or whatever? Yeah. Is this sabre or saber? Sabre. Because Dunder Mifflin, when they changed their name, it was Saber, Saber, (laughs) and it was spelled that way. So, I mean, I guess it depends on who makes it. Yeah. Michael, uh, what's the guy's name that works in the office? Is that what you mean? No, I meant it makes it like, I don't know. I'm so lost. (laughs) I guess if an American makes it a Saber, if a Latin makes it a Sabre. Okay. Um, so when we're, I think we've actually gone through those callings before the calling I, thing by, by, um, I think I brought I was this say, out. Uh, one feels through. familiar. The one that you talked about, like feels familiar, like, uh, having the approval of people around you, like, uh, at some kind of level of that, that feels familiar. Maybe you just brought it up in conversation. Yeah. But yeah, I'd be interested to go through callings. Well, it is, it is. Yeah. It is tough though, because I think that the, the position that Christians find themselves in and I've been there myself. So I can speak from experience. It's like you just get so on fire for God, and either you just get saved or like you just have a renewal of your faith, and you just want to do anything and everything possible to serve the kingdom. And you have either a passion that's kind of already in place, or you have a talent that you've been working on, and you just are like, I want to just offer this up, and you want to use that and that only, and not necessarily is that always your gifting that's you you can be most useful in so like i've said this before the example i could think of is when i like i've played guitar and uh most of my life and i thought that i would because i could sing a melody and play guitar i thought that i was on the like a trajectory to be a worship and like i was not as useful in that trajectory as i could have been more useful in teaching mm-hmm. um, the bible and it was like a painful thing to for my desires to kind of align with god's but we also have to like learn that like Trial like and error. Yeah, trial and error, and you have to learn it, and you have to like, and you also have to grow in your faith because when you're when you're newly saved and you're on fire for God, like you're a baby Christian, you don't know what it, you don't know what it's like to like with God go through pain and with and like and how can you handle that and how will you you know how will you speak that into other people's lives and think, like mm-hmm. maybe it won't be with an instrument, maybe it will be maybe it'll be a counselor, maybe it'll be a therapist, like maybe it's mm-hmm. like like um. I think we have the idea of like it's only one thing. Like it could have been mm-hmm. at that time, God, like we said, God uses us. God was using you in that moment mm-hmm. to fill the need in that church before He brought somebody else along to to fill the need there and yeah. to move you along. And it would only, or should have only, strengthened your walk and maybe have given you an ability or refined you in an area mm-hmm. to help you teach right. to, to to like direct you where God wanted you to be. That's why I'm thinking. I'm trying to think of like the New Testament and the like callings, mm-hmm. and really like the only two that I can think of, 
that Paul. are unique were Paul and Peter's. Yeah. Paul's was the calling to the Gentiles and to suffer, mm-hmm. and Peter's was the calling to the circumcision and to suffer. And the other ones were just like, yeah, could you go out and spread the gospel, spread the good news. And, you know, Paul raises up Timothy and these pastors and stuff like that, and John goes to Ephesus and like, but I, the Bible's pretty ambiguous when it comes to like callings and like the, mm-hmm. like they all kind of did the same thing relatively. Like, yeah, and I, another word that's always thrown in there that I believe is out of context and I can't explain why, but anointing. Like, that's yeah, also, yeah, we like, went through that. You're yeah. an anointed pastor, anointed preacher. Right. <clears throat> that's also out of place. Yeah, that was for kingship. Yeah, in in its in its fullness, it was for like you would anoint a king or or anoint also, a prophet. Or, yeah, I was gonna say they yeah. did the prophets and the priests, like uh, Aaron. The, yeah, and his yeah. Sons so were that was the very specific things. Mm-hmm. And they just now it's just thrown around like, oh, if he's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like oh, I see, had like, to I see, see his anointing. Yeah, I see his anointing. It's like, what you mean, talent? Like, what does that mean? Like, mm. yeah, and, and this is something I've seen with specifically with worship teams. In terms of like calling versus usefulness, like usefulness is the the the, the seems to make most sense out of everything we're talking about. Like I'm trying to think of how to phrase, uh, dance around this, but we used to have long, long time ago, like a worship leader who was amazing, and then uh, the church grew, and we got a lot more influence and not influence, a lot more people coming with a lot more talent, a lot more gifts to offer, and then there would need to be like more room for other people to kind of step up. And it was this awkward tension of like, I was useful then and now I'm not useful anymore. Like what the heck? And it kind of blew up where it was like, you're tossing me aside. It was like, no, but God's providing these other wonderful people that that can offer gifts. And um, like, it takes a lot of humility to admit that like somebody else might be more useful mm-hmm. in that position than you. Well, yeah, it's not, and, and it comes down to identity. Like if someone's identity is in their calling yeah. and not in who they're called to, then it's gonna it's mm-hmm. gonna break down. So yeah. if you're like if if you're obsessed and you feel called to be want to be a worship leader, well, what happens if that gets removed from you? Like you get have to get vocal cord surgery or something like that, and then yeah. you go into depression, and then you jump off. A bridge. Like it's like because but your your calling is a child of God. Like yeah. then that's yeah. the, and then it's, it stems from there. Mm-hmm. And but that's something that I think Pastor had done a fairly good job of teaching. Like run your ministry and and be faithful in it, but do it with open hands in the fact mm-hmm. that at any moment it could be taken away from you for mm-hmm. a, a bad reason, like something happens to yeah. you, or like you said, somebody better comes along and you should be thankful and praising God that you're able to pass the baton. Like uh, mm-hmm. uh, like Paul was willing to, to pass on the baton and like to train up Timothy. And I mean, obviously that was more towards death, but... Mm-hmm. There's, there could always be somebody better coming along. Well, that brings up a good point. Like the useful, I like the usefulness thing too, because like, and I'm thinking like the whole John Mark thing, and like Paul or Barnabas, they don't, they don't specify a calling. And Paul kind of just talks about like he's not use, useful to me right now because mm-hmm. of what happened. He's like, so until he's useful to me again, like mm-hmm. he can go with you, sure. But he, like you know, I was like, yeah, and and it the, wasn't like a. He messed up, but I know his calling. Like you know, no matter yeah. what happened, it's like it's like you got to you got to prove your calling. Like, you know, it's not like the calling was upon Barnabas and Paul. He said, "Separate right. from me, Paul and Barnabas," yeah, and right. that was specific. And they brought along John, John Mark. Mark. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's a calling from and to. Like, yes. I think it's important though, because when I'm thinking of like when I was in when I first had that passion or when I see other people have that passion, 
like the first instinct, and this is something that my like I child like my brother, but when he first got on fire for God when he was like 17, 18 years old, he wanted to just quit everything and go into mission field. And my uh <laughs> it's close my but uh he my dad like sat him down and was like, You have nothing to offer anybody in this world. Like you have the gospel and that's it. You're just gonna be this kind of loser teenager walking around. Like you should go get educated and then if God's you still have it on your heart to go, you know, be a missionary, go help build bridges. But like, if you don't get educated, you don't have something to offer. Uh, it doesn't have to be just education, but he was just tell, kind of curb him a little bit, but also like, I want you to be a missionary if that's what God's purpose in your heart. But you don't, I don't know how to teach anything. You don't mm -hmm. know how to like, you work with your hands right now, you know, and God had a whole different plan for his path. Yeah, so it's not just a calling from like, you don't want to go to college. You don't want to work. You don't want to, you know, a full-time job. You don't want to like have a family right now. Like it's not like a calling from, and then it's like you have a calling to serve and a usefulness purpose in your heart to go somewhere. And then it's just different. Mm -hmm. It's not just calling from. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you have all this passion. You want to just quit your job and serve God. It's like, okay, so what are you called to? Mm -hmm. Do you have any skills for the kingdom that right. God has given you? Because if not, you are not called from. Right. And that's like a stern, you know, definitive thing i don't i don't know why it's bringing me back to that that john Mar or the separate from me paul and barnabas but that was specifically they were in a fellowship and separate me from them and to do this specific work to to spread the gospel to asia minor like to these specific churches yeah but that things. was after they had already been doing it yeah but it was they that was were, after everybody had already been doing it that's what i'm saying but this was like a yeah so i guess it wasn't the first time but, but I'm I thinking behind like. But they were all they were they were collected for that, and then they he specifically said, yeah they came yeah. together and they're like all right we're in this church and we're gonna stay in fellowship and I think it was like three years they were and then all of a sudden God's like no separate me from them again and they're about to go didn't he, wasn't that separate from Paul and Barnum wasn't that after the Jerusalem Council was it wasn't that right at the end of it he's separate and then that's when they go and and like is that the first one I thought that's I thought that's when he says when he says I don't know I don't remember don't remember but um yeah but no I know your point but like yeah they had all. All the apostles pretty much had the same calling, and then specifically Peter to the circumcision, mm. Paul to the Gentiles. Um. Yeah, without the, I think what you hit the nail on the head. We're doing the whole episode anyway, so I was to keep going. But you hit the, the nail. You hit the head of the nail. You hit the nail on the. Head. I hit something. I don't know what I hit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's. I don't know what I hit it with either. It's, it's done. Yeah. Um, with. I, if you identify with the calling, that's when the issue is. Like, if you're humble and you want to be useful for the kingdom, and that's, I, I know I'm saying like that's profound to me, but just the thought of it is that's obviously a biblical concept that everybody is aware of. Like, we're the, we're the clay that God is molding. We're like, yeah. like God is constantly making us useful. We want to be a vessel fit for use. Like, all those things we say all the time. That's the same concept mm -hmm. as being useful for the kingdom. As long as we're like aware of, of our, and humble about our role in things. I don't think the issue of calling is as necessary as we think it is. You know, like you could be called to be a pastor for 30 years, have a mega church and then be called to make coffee. Oh, oh yeah. Look at, look at, like uh, constantly it happens. Right. Look at, um, not that those things are different. I'm just saying like right, in sure, scale, sure. Yeah, like, no, they're yeah. both equally important. Well, look at, uh, Francis Chan. He, he, he felt he was called to leave his pretty much mega church and go to, where do you go? India, Indonesia. China, Indonesia. Close. That's like if you combine the two. Yeah. And then, <laughs> in, Indonesia. Yeah. Was it Indonesia? I, I thought it was yeah. India or Indonesia, one of those. So, right. So, you know, and it's just like he gave up everything because mm -hmm. that's what God was laying on his heart to do. Yeah. Um, um, but he clearly has a calling to teach. And then everything under that is like an umbrella. Yeah. 
You know, it's like, or the other way around. That's that's the teaching is the umbrella, and then everything under that is the service. It's a gift to teach, right? Right? Sure. Right? 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 So and and where the gifting flourishes is, it could be in a small group, it could be just teaching his wife, right? You know, yeah. and like uh, t- talking to his family and his kids, um, and and the humility to to know that they're not always permanent the mm-hmm. gifts, but the thing that's in, I don't know in the backdrop of all of those is like it is a very first world thing to put into the framework of that thought process being sustained by the church monetarily. Oh yeah. We've gone that is that. a very yeah. big first world. And I know we keep repeating things, but people probably might only listen to one of our 107 <laughs> episodes. So I'm fine. Yeah. Repeating. But like the idea that if you do full time, full time ministry, that means that you have to be fully sustained monetarily by the church is very, that is such a new concept. That's like a, yeah. a half a percent of the world right. gets the privilege to do that. Most of the world does not. I'm not saying it's wrong. There is right. something there to that. If you have the ability to, God bless. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, it's it's uh, welcome to the rest of the world where right. you don't have the ability to to have that. Um. But it, but that does though is when you're not sustained by the church, it lets that gift flourish in different areas. So let's just say you have the gift to teach, right? Like that can change multiple times if your income isn't sustained by the church and it's sustained by an external source like right now cole could be like you know what i'm actually going to be i don't know i'm going to lead a home group and then a year from now he could be just at, you know teaching and admonishing his his family and then at two or three years from now he could be an assistant pastor somewhere and like none of that has to be a permanent thing because he's not yeah Cause, yeah because your identity isn't in that thing yeah. that you're doing where i i forget who says it who, who, who told me this but like the idea of we said like being used, but like being filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's like it's like the stuff you're you're doing and things that you're supposed to. It's not. I don't know. I lost it. That was fast. That that might be a record. That a cliffhanger. Yeah. I yeah. Know. Your gift is your looks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I have a voice for radio. I, I understand. I understand. A face it's, for radio. You mean? Face. Yeah. Face. Thanks. I got you. You have a voice for radio too, and you got it all. <laughs> um. Uh, what maybe it's because this other thought was in my brain, uh, and I'll get it out, and then maybe the, the other one will come back to me. Uh, Saul's conversion is around like 34 AD, and then in 48 is his first missionary journey where he's like called me out, and then later he comes back to Jerusalem Council and then goes back out the next year. I'm saying, where's the Paul and Barnabas line though? Yeah, that's the 48 AD, the first one, the very first one. No, the, where in the in Acts? Oh, sorry, Acts 12. Um, 13. Separate from me, Paul and Barnabas. Yeah, it's the very beginning, and it says that he's in Antioch, and he was with the brothers, fasting, praying, and everything. And so I'm saying he's he was doing that for basically 14-ish years, roughly, apart from his studying that he did in the desert and all that. And then God calls him out of that fellowship to that specific goal. That's where mm-hmm. the connection came from. Also, yeah, and like that, that's that you just reminded me of another one too. It's like, so, okay, clearly, I mean, the Bible literally says what Paul's called to. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's called to them, and but then, and the tail end, he gets locked up and he can't go anywhere, and he's in house arrest. So is so he then, not called anymore? Not, or like and then he was called the to write, take, and then, or, or, or right, yeah. or I, I, the, the calling is still the same. To, mm-hmm. He's he's the apostle to the Gentiles, but now he just does it in a different way. Hmm. But he wouldn't say like I'm called to write now. I think like it's like no, your your calling is to apostle to the Gentiles. Like how you do that can change your whole entire life different ways. Like you know yeah. like. And your, but your decision making process in that isn't 
I how am I how am I going to decide to be uh, to be to I don't know, fulfill my usefulness? It's like okay, what is needed right now of me? Right. Yes. And it was, a lot of times it was the Suffering. jailer or yeah. somebody whoever was in yeah. his immediate physical surroundings. It clicked. It, it reminded me of it. The the Holy Spirit that like can call you and tell you like, hey, you should talk to that person. I wouldn't use calling in that specific. That is how you're being used in that very moment. God chooses to use us mm-hmm. as humans uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish His will to, for things to be done. And and when we lock in on that like purpose, like I'm supposed to be a worship leader. I'm supposed to sing worship. It's like you're supposed to preach the gospel and and lead people to Christ. Right. And through that can be done other things like worship or teaching or like all this other stuff can come in from it. But the fluent, not fluency, the fluidity comes from being used and the Holy Spirit needing you to do a task. Does that yeah. make sense? To like, to break it up apart from like goals, like, sorry for the listeners, I can't see. My hands are, are apart from each other. Goals, like a no, really big, yeah, really, yeah. Like a huge goal versus tasks like this is what i'm supposed to be doing now mm-hmm. yeah and, and not getting caught up in the tasks mm-hmm. or the big goals just doing and i think what happens okay you got some no i just, i think we're like and i agree with you i think we're because we hadn't really specifically planned to talk about this we're, mm-hmm. we're kind of hitting on like a lot of different shades of like the same i think we yeah, yeah it's yeah, a very yeah, basic yeah. concept yeah. we're explaining over over explaining it just you know God calls us to spread the gospel and whatever part in that you can play that's at any moment that's your that's your that's your calling right you're called to further the, to make disciples of nations and to further well, I, was, the, I was literally just going to bring that line up so that's just, that, so but I don't know I don't want to beat a dead horse but I'm just saying sometimes what you think may be a calling and I, I don't I don't know why we keep picking on worship leader but like a lot of you know people like but like that one like a lot of times when you think you have a calling that is more specific than just making disciples of all nations, like worship leader, or I think I have a calling to this or this. Then sometimes you neglect the real calling because you think that's for somebody else. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not like, I'm called to be a worship leader. I'm not called to, like, somebody else can go disciple him. Like, that's like a, I'm, yeah. you know, like, there was whatever, or, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, whatever it is, like, that's that can get in the way mm-hmm. mentally because you've put, you you may have, like, compartmentalized or, like, put boxes into what your 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 goal yeah, your life calling it like yeah I, like I'm a pastor I don't need to move chairs right you know I'm I, I play guitar I don't need to like clean up the sanctuary afterwards right I mean, everybody else is doing it around you right you know? or, or you know what I was, I was just thinking off the top like Pastor uh, Pastor Chuck when he was here and you were like oh did you go to the pastors conference he's like no I was going to but a guy a guy came to know Christ he was like oh so you then you were actually a pastor. <laughs> so you, so you yeah. actually became it. Like, so you actually did the calling as opposed to like check off a box. Like that was, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's a good point. Like that's the difference. Yeah. And the other example I could think of is just because it's in my brain, but like that camp that, that I'm going to be working with is, is like, it's two square miles of, of nature. So to get it ready for these things, they, they have full-time maintenance workers and they're usually like teenagers or something. Yeah. And like I've served as a, a maintenance person, a counselor in the kitchen director, and then this time speaking. And each one is absolutely, completely necessary for the weekend to go off. Like oh, yeah. For this to happen, there's been two weeks of 12-hour days of kids picking up leaves with this giant truck. Mm-hmm. And this truck, it's like a, it's got a U-Haul and there's a giant hose that comes off it and they walk around and suck the leaves up mm-hmm. just so that people can walk to and from because yeah. there's so many leaves and needs to look nice. 
I think the counselors at the end of each night, you know, they're, they're the ones who are going to lead people to Christ, the kids to Christ. Like once you finish the, the person finishes speaking, they say, all right, guys, go back to your tents or your cabins and your, your counselor's going to have a devotion prepared for you guys. And that's when the kids get intimate and get to talk about things and mm -hmm. open up. Like all those things are like the softening of the heart comes from the worship and then the, the, the message, then the counselors carry it out. And all, none of those are like competing call. It's just like this, the gospel is the focus of the weekend that the kids get to hear it. How can I be a part of that? Mm -hmm. That's all the question is. And that may be different roles. Like I, I've been the leaf sucker. I've been the, yeah. you know what I mean? And each one is as valuable as the next. And there's no calling. It's just, where can I be useful in right. this no, process yeah. of gospel deliverance? Correct. Yeah. That's, an, that's a great example because you have been through all those stages. And at one, like, at one time you have been effective for the gospel in every one of those stages. And now you're at, I don't want to. They're all equally important, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, now you're speaking. Yeah. But you didn't speak before you sucked leaves or yeah. did, ex you know, ex like, you've went through the evolution of maturing in a Christian faith mm. and going from the milk of the word to the meat of the word, and now you can go back to giving the, uh, you know. Yeah, and at no point are any of us above sucking leaves. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. That could yeah. be the rest of my life. Well, I think be, that's the whole know. point. If you would refuse to suck leaves again, then you did all that for nothing yeah. because, like, you don't, then you don't get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and even for something as small as, and I know you guys are experiencing this because that worship team you, we all play on yeah. uh, Undignified is like, you play at all these different places, you have to set up equipment. Yeah. But that, I mean, I don't know if it's like, that sucks. That's like my least <laughs> not, favorite thing yeah. in the world. Like at my college worship team, it was once a week for three years and it just puts, it's like, I've just, I get a little... Little nauseous, like when you find so much joy in it, and you never, and it annoys me that you like. You well, especially when upset. I do it all day, and then I got to do it again. <laughs> no, yeah, you got, yeah, no, you're. I, you, I never yeah. seem like I don't mind carrying things. Oh but no, like I don't mean that. I'm like, just saying, like I'm like plugging in XLRs to go home and then plug in XLRs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but like Cole, you, you not that you find not enjoying it, but you're good at it, and I think you like being good at it. Organization, like the planning. Yeah, I like that. being organized. Yeah, yeah. We got color coded XLRs now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, and, I, and, and that's awesome. I just. Um, I, that's a part of the ministry yeah. of where, like you being able to play. It literally cannot go on without that. And when you get there, though, and this is important, like let's just say we play at a new place, and it a it's a place that doesn't support as many people as we bring to play. Like let's just like they just yeah. it's too small. Like the humility of uh, like I told Rue last uh, a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about a new place. I was like, I'm I'm scheduled, so I'm coming regardless whether they want a guitar. Like I'll, I'll carry the stuff in, right, I'll set right, it right. up, yeah, I'll yeah. help sound check. Like I, I would love to play, but if, if it's too, why wouldn't the world would I be distracting with the guitar solo in a four by four coffee shop? Right, right. Um, but that's all, it's mm -hmm. like all that same, you know, mentality. Um, yeah, I broke two windows of my Mitsubishi Montero from the inside carting really? uh, PA systems back and forth from one side of the campus to the other. Like just because I drove irrationally and we didn't have anything secured down, so I would just oh, like just take turns and the speakers would hit it. And I broke both passenger and back seat windows. <laughs> um, so I just have like a really bad taste with that, especially like the 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 PA system was so bad that half of the inputs on the board were work. like wiggle. You had to like wiggle them so they weren't staticky. Oh, and I ended up buying out of pocket these Behringer amps because mm -hmm. they, they were better than the ones that they had before, and the Behringer ones worked well. But I don't know. After three years, it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, and that's the, the weird. I, I've been in music and, and media ministries before at, at multiple different churches. And 
obviously I can, I, I was used at those times for those specific things, but sometimes I, you don't realize it at the time. God pulls you out of those things to set you aside, to do it again later with a joyful, more joyful heart mm. in it. Mm. If that yeah. makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I needed a little break from it and I was, I think I've even told you guys, like I was wondering what was next for me. What was I supposed to be doing? It was a little wait and then got that like fired up. But that passion mm-hmm. we were talking about, like that you do enjoy it and that you love doing it, mm-hmm. got it like reinvigorated for something that God had planned later down the road that I just couldn't see. Right. And I also think there's like moments of waiting, whatever we want to call them, deserts, but like the, I think the for a reason is a lot of times because ministry, our ministries can become rote. And I think God's like, he's separating that time of where you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now, where I'm supposed to be going, what like to to regain your first love again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it can get lost in the doing of church. So I think those like yeah. dry spells are are, are are for that. And yeah, I'll, I'll I'll there's a lesson that I learned from my first time like doing a Wednesday night service and in combination with a speaker I heard in college that like it was hard learned. Like, I, so the first Wednesday that I did, it was like on prayer and it was like 10 years ago. And, um, it was, it wasn't very good. I'm just being honest. Like it was just not, it was my first time ever speaking, teaching adults. So I was like real nervous about it. And it was very obvious that I was real nervous. And, um, it was like one of my dad's things that like what his dad's, my dad's lessons that he had done. And I just took it. But, um, I never thought about the people that I'd be teaching the whole time. Like I, I never had a face or people's names. And mm. when I got and sat down in front of people, all the thoughts I had were like, how am I going to deliver this? And then I saw people and I was like, I never once thought of you in this process. That's like my, I never once thought of like the, what, how are they going to hear this? What's this, what's God right. have for them? And right, I never right. had that part of my prayers. I never had that as part of my process. And it was very convicting. Like right away, I was like, this is going to stink. Cause yeah. I just knew that I didn't ever have the people in mind. Right. And um, there was a speaker that I heard when I was in college. I might've showed this before, but he got up and in a room of 600 people that for the, the Bonner society, it was all these leaders from uh, these colleges from all over the country. And he got up and for the first like five, 10 minutes, complete silence, made eye contact with every single person in the room. So we stood up there and he just, one at a time, didn't say a word, like didn't say, didn't, oh, yeah, yeah, said, didn't yeah. preface it. And it was just complete silence. And after two and a half minutes, three minutes of dead silence, feels like an hour. Yeah. And then he just shared, like, I wanted to make, sh- I wanted to see the faces of people that I prayed for leading up to this moment for the past six months. Right. And like, that was such an impactful thing where he was just saying, I deserve this moment mm-hmm. because I've thought of you f- for a long time. Yeah. And that idea carries over to when you're doing ministries, like sucking leaves. It's like, why are you doing this? Yes, like, like as the, you're sucking the leaves up and raking them and you're getting like nasty <laughs> bugs all over you while you're doing it. Um, like just in mind, I'm doing this for the faces of the kids who are coming in here in the gospel. You know, and like all of that, especially for children's ministry, for all the prep that goes for all like mm-hmm. um, the Sunday school teachers are like, cutting out stupid shapes and like, you know, getting together these crafts that are annoying to prep for. Um, Anyway, that's that's the lesson that stuck with me through a failure of mine. You know that you know you learn along the way. It's like at, in your prayers and prepping for any type of small group to large group thing. Mm-hmm. Pray for the people <laughs> that are hearing it because they're the reason why you're doing it. You know. Yeah. But. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chuck Smith, in his book, Calvary Distinctives. 
things around chapter four. He talks about the eldership and he's like literally his like one of his um one of his like internal qualifications is is if, I forget the quote, so I don't want to butcher it. And also, you probably won't hear me quote him much more often. But it, but it, it, he literally says like if they're willing to put up pick up cigarette butts, then then that's an internal like qualification for like the willing heart to to yeah. serve. Like, yeah, I would say the same thing for a pastor. Right. Know, yeah. Qualifications for that. Um. All right. That's pretty good for a. Off the off the wind. <laughs> so we actually put on an entirely <laughs> different topic. Joe has a document that's super long, and we'll get to that next time. Yeah, um, eventually. Eventually. So we have a couple uh, guests in the in the making here. Um, we have uh, a gentleman named Paul Cummings um, that we'll be having on to share a testimony and talk with, and Pastor Jeff Brower is planning on coming back on again. So we're excited to to talk to those two guys and uh, make some headway. Uh, I enjoy. I, I love talking to these guys. It's like a different vibe because we like we. I don't know, we can, it just feels more free because we know each other so well and can bounce off each other. But I really do like hearing and meeting new people or talking to people we already know in more depth and getting to know people. So mm-hmm. it's, it's again, I say this all the time, but it's, it, we can bribe people into talking to us and it's nice, you know? Like it's super weird to go, hey, can we have three hours of your time? Yeah. What are we going to talk about? I don't you. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's a huge blessing for us, and it's a huge blessing we still have uh, uh, listeners. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's awesome um, that we still are able to talk about God and people care to hear what we're saying. So thank you, guys. Uh, please like, subscribe, and favorite this podcast, and uh, have a great night. You've been encountered. Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners, and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians, you have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture. So before you take anything at our word, please open the pages of your Bible, read them and find out what absolute truth looks like. Find it and then the next step would be to reach out to us and we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth. But first, take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible. And three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.